This is Footcast. Getting in the holiday spirit around these parts. It's Friday, December 6th, 2019. The song opening us up is Deck the Halls. It's a rendition by Kevin Macleod of Incompetech.com, who provides countless music uh, DRM uh, royalty free, free of use, fair use. For all you podcasters, projectors, and, and, and other things out there, um, amazing stuff and um, provided free of charge for bums like me. I just wanted a little Christmas music to you know, spice things up, jazz it up. I do it every year. I think I use Kevin MacLeod's music every year. And so far I have not been um, cussed out <laughs> for using it on a political show. Um, we'll see how much longer that goes. But uh, I used that song in a little video I posted up on, on Twitter, on Facebook. It's everywhere. Uh, of my Lego village, my Lego town. Um, every year, Lego releases a creator series, like exclusive. I know it's it's a Christmas set. Maybe I should say holiday set, but I don't really care about pissing any of you off. My audience really isn't that 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 core of an audience like that anyway. Most people are either celebrating Christmas or they're not, and they don't care anything in between. But for for the for the record, Lego's uh, the creator series exclusive holiday set is always a Christmas thing. <laughs> it's like a Christmas toy shop, snow, Christmas trees, everything. So it's Christmas set, um, and they do it every year. They they release a brand new exclusive, and it's like a collection of sets. And we, we my wife and I, when we figured out about it years ago, like five years ago. We uh, we bought the sets. I think the first. I can't remember if the first set we bought was the train or if that was the second set. The first set we might have bought was a toy shop. So there's a toy shop that we have, uh, a little Lego model toy shop, very cute. We have a fully functional auto, uh, you know, uh, remote control train that that goes on train tracks that you can build more train tracks. You can buy more train tracks and expand it if you want. Make it do funky things. You can you can take, make it do more than just a circle, which is, which is what the original set did. Now I have it kind of like go all around my town, and eventually one day it'll like you know, it'll be like massive and impressive. It'll be at my Christmas tree farm, which let me explain my Christmas tree farm in a minute, because I have a tradition to explain with that too. So I posted that video up. It's very cute, and my friend Bobby Joe Woods from Twitter at B Gerino B E E J E R E-E-N-O. Good Twitter friend of mine. Uh, thought it was, you know, cute. Shared it. Was totally shocked that uh, it's not getting the uh, just attention that it deserves. <laughs> and I told her, I was like, she's like, I just think it's so cute. I think people, I, I think more people need to look at this. Why aren't more people commenting and retweeting this? And I said, I said, uh, Bobby Joe, it's not controversial. Nobody cares. <laughs> It's true. It's not controversial. I didn't post it to get a million likes or anything either. I just post it because I do it every year. I do it every year, and usually I post it, and people go, oh, that's that's awesome. You know, I want to see that every year. So I post it every year. I do. I don't care. I don't care if it gets a million retweets or not. I don't really, I, I just don't give a damn. But it's done this year. It was a gingerbread house. Me and my wife split the sets. Um... We each did a different set, um, yeah, because we have uh, 
because we have M, you know, we have Emmy now, and th- having a two month old, near three month old, and putting Legos together can be a hassle. <laughs> just, just, just a little bit. It can be a little bit of a hassle. Plus all the dogs, plus the limited space of the house and all that. But we got it up. We worked on it all Thanksgiving week, which was awesome. Uh, because I had a different Lego set to work on, like, every day, almost. And we have, like, a total of five. I, I said five years ago, right? Yeah. So it's, like, a total of five sets. We have the toy shop, the train, uh, the train station, which was a completely different set. As you can see, that's how you make money, right? You, you make a completely different set that you have to get. So we have the train, the train set station, the toy shop, uh, the fire hall, uh, which is a, a awesome little firehouse set. Um and what is uh the gingerbread house that was this year's the gingerbread house um so they're quite you know cool little detailed lego sets they're about you know i think each of them are, are roughly around a thousand pieces or so um so they don't take forever to do um they're they're pretty cool uh there's different expansions you know that's why a part. That's partly why I really like it because every year it's like there's a new set. It's a tradition, you know. It's a tradition now for us to buy the new Christmas Lego set in like October. That's usually when they drop it, and they usually sell the last year's one too. If you missed it, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's very hit and miss, very tricky. So sometimes you can't rely on that. Like you can't rely on on googling the past ones. Like if you want if you want to get into this and you want the past ones. You're gonna spend a pretty dime because they're collectors, you know, sets. They're limited edition stuff. So if you Google the, the like the toy shop that I'm talking about from four years ago, it's probably on there, but it's probably like two hundred dollars rather than like seventy bucks or whatever. But but you can join in and hop in anytime. You can start now. You can get the gingerbread house. Now you have a Lego Christmas gingerbread house. You know, isn't that awesome? And all of them, all of them have a light up brick. At least one light up brick. Not in the way that I'd like to see it. There is this, there's this third party seller that sells like, it's like I, f- I forget what it's called. It's like, but but they sell LED bricks that are Lego bricks that are illuminary that, and they have instructions on where to put it in your current Lego sets so that you can just flip a switch and these lights can stay on. The light up bricks that these Lego sets have, the Christmas sets, they they are like push button. There's some there's something in the Lego set and you push it and it'll turn on. So it's a cool little thing. But it's not like a, a stationary light that stays on the whole time. That's why I bought, uh, if you watch the video, you bums, it's free. Watch it. It's on my Twitter. Just hit media and look at my media tweets. It's there, or you can go on the Facebook page. It's even easier to find because I don't massively post crap on the Facebook page all the time. You can watch it there. I have like those string LED lights uh, strung around the tracks of the train around the village, and one year, like two years ago, when I bought that string LED lights, I sat there and I tried to figure out if I could incorporate it so it would look like the little Lego sets had Christmas lights strung on them, and that was a pain in the butt. <laughs> I gave up on that, and rightfully so. I don't care. I gave up on that, and I string it around the, the train track because it lights up the whole city because it's all right there on my dining room table, and it's very cool. Speaking of tradition, though, we got to... We got our Christmas tree, and if you missed the tweet or the Facebook post about that, um, we have a Christmas tradition now because we've done this, I think, three years in a row, and I think that there makes it makes it a tradition. 
we go, I Google Christmas tree farms. And I look up local ones, like, you know, ones that are no more than an hour away, really. And especially now with a with a three-month-old, no more than an hour away, trying to keep it in the half-hour range, you know what I mean. And every year that we've done this, I find a Christmas tree farm, I find a local one, it's less than an hour away. We go travel to it, we uh, peruse the inventory, as it were. Which is you go out into a field and see all the trees that you can cut down while I give you this rusty, this rusted up hacksaw. Here, have fun. Go cut your tree down. Uh, if I ever actually do successfully go to a Christmas tree farm and cut it down, I'm going to have a chainsaw with me. I'm not going to do it with that rusty wire saw or whatever. I'm not going to do that. Just throwing it out there. But, you know, they always offer you that. You go out in the field, you walk around, you look at all the different trees. And we've done this every year. I look at all the trees, and I don't know if I'm just a perfectionist, if I nitpick things or whatever. Uh, but, I, you know, I guess my wife does too because she would be incorporated in this. And we took Emmy this year just because, you know, you can't leave a baby at home. It's, it's not very lawful. Uh, <laughs> we go out in the field. We actually had her aunt and uh, her cousin Maddie with us. Maddie's adorable. So, um they were they were with us looking for a tree for themselves too and and so we went it was a cute little christmas tree farm we actually bought a christmas tree ornament and a new topper star for our tree because the angel that we bought uh, many moons ago like 8 or 9 years ago was cheap didn't light up didn't do anything and it's kind of broke so we passed on that um this place had good handcrafted ornaments and, and, and very cool-looking Christmas tree toppers and all that. So we bought those for, for relatively cheap. But we, we perused their inventory of cuttable trees, and then these places usually also order standalone already pre-cut trees, so you can look at them too. And there was like one pre-cut tree that they had that I thought I might like, but there was a couple that looked at it and were like, that's the one that we want. And I was like, damn it. They got it. So what do we do? We do what we do every year. We came home. Uh, got settled, uh, got settled up, and all that, and then we went to this little floral shop. Well, it's not little; it's actually a pretty big gardening floral shop outdoors. And they have a massive Christmas tree selection every year. They probably order damn near 150 trees, if not more, to sell. And so we went there, like we like we do every year, and I found the perfect tree for like. Fifty nine ninety nine, which at a Christmas tree farm they usually just like flat charge you fifty or sixty bucks to go cut it down yourself. But as I stated, they only had a pre cut tree that I wanted, and somebody stole it, so they didn't steal it. They got it first. They they committed to it. I didn't commit to it. Whatever. Anyway, so came back home, went to Richardson's, found the perfect tree, spent you know. $10 more than I would have at the Christmas tree farm. Get it home. Get it set up. It's perfect. It's the perfect tree. It's a perfect tree. Every time is a perfect tree. And I've decided we're going to continue doing this little tradition. We're going to, every year, I'm going to find a different Christmas tree farm. We're going to go. We're going to peruse the selection. We're probably not going to pick anything. We're going to come home. We're going to go to Richardson's, buy a damn tree that's perfect for like 10 bucks more. But eventually, I'm going to buy farmland. That's, this, is, this is the plan. This is the dream. In case you're all wondering, I'm going to let you in on the dream. Okay. 
Because nobody's done this yet. Nobody's, nobody's successfully done this yet. Out of all the Christmas tree farms I've been to. And if you, if you, if you want more information, if you feel like if you're serious, I have serious investors lined up ready to give me money to do this. Okay. So I'm going to buy farmland. All right. And it's going to be somewhere where I can have farmland, but there's going to be cityscapes nearby where people would, it's going to be within a point where people are going to be willing to drive to this place to get a Christmas tree. Okay. I'm going to grow the damn finest Christmas trees you ever did see. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to grow the finest goddamn Christmas trees you ever did see. You're going to set foot on Fritz's Christmas tree farm, and you're going to know within five minutes that not only do you want that tree that you're spying off in the corner, but you need that tree. You need that tree. I'm going to grow the finest damn trees. I'm going to deck everything out with, with, with solar-powered Christmas lights, Christmas music, hot chocolate, hot apple cider, everything. It's going to have everything. It's going to have Santa Claus there for your kids. Every day, I'm going to be Santa Claus. I'm going to just grow my beard out because this is going to be a very lucrative business, obviously. I'm going to grow my beard out. I'll be Santa Claus. I'll do the ho-ho's. You can get your pictures and all that crap, right? You know? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I'm going to have, like, different sections, too. We're going to have, like, the Douglas fir. The Douglas fir is, like, one of the most popular Christmas trees, by the way. So, one of the most standard edition Christmas trees. I did my research on this shit, okay? So I'm going to have a section of Douglas firs. And they're, that's going to be, like, you know, it's going to be, like, you know, the $50, you know. Hey, $50, you can cut down one of those Douglas firs, take it home. I'll, I'll even wrap it in a net and put it on top of your car for free. You just pay me. 50 bucks for the tree. That's it. You can go on your merry way. You can check out the other stuff at Fritz's Christmas Tree Farm, which is awesome. Or you can just leave at the 50 bucks, you know? It's cool. You want me to cut it down? Fine, I'll cut it down. And call it like, you know, 10 extra dollars. I'll cut it down for you. With a chainsaw, real quick and easy. Then I'll have a section of, you know, a higher-end tree. You know, and they'll, they'll be 60 bucks plus, you know, 10 bucks... For me to cut it down if you want, you know. And then I'm going to have one third section of like really tall Christmas trees. Like really tall ones. Like 12 footers. Right? And those are going to cost like 80 bucks. 90 if you want me to cut it down. And because of the size of it, I'll have to charge you like $5 for the netting or whatever. And and fitting it on top of your car. If it'll even fit on top of your car. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. In the sense of you buying a 15-foot Christmas tree. I don't care how you get it off my lot, but you got to get it off my lot. That's that's pretty that's a pretty good idea, isn't it? I think so. The only lucrative, the only non-lucrative part of this plan is that it takes about eight years to grow a Christmas tree, which sucks. I'm like, damn, how am I gonna grow? How do you start a Christmas tree business if you got if you if you're gonna need about eight years before you have harvestable, you know, uh, product? And I decided, you know, it's because you buy a farm and you do other farm things throughout the season, but the Christmas tree part, you know, you can you can make a lot of you can make a bang for your buck off this. You can make like fourteen thousand dollars just off of your Christmas tree harvesting. And if any of you do any of this shit, 
I will come to your Christmas tree farm and expect some kind of royalty. Some kind of royalty. Like a free Christmas tree or some shit. I don't know. But but you're not going to do it anyway. Nobody's going to do it. Because nobody wants to grow Christmas trees except for me. That's going to be my gig, growing Christmas trees. It's happening. Fritz's Christmas tree farm. Keep your eyes peeled. So this week, uh, I've been extremely busy this week. It was my first week back to work. And subsequently, I was sent to a, a week-long training, which uh, encompassed uh, a lot of investigation investigatory I had to slow down for that word you know um, it was about investigations and um, a lot of the information like I would have never known some of this stuff uh, I, I I was taught how to read those US Supreme Court and federal district court breakdown like I know how to read those citations now never knew how to read those in a million years trying to figure out law in America is mind-numbingly uh, monotonous and just massive amounts of, of work and research and this case says this and that case says this and this is what this is. black letter law never knew that term before black letter law is cases that have been decided by the supreme court it's black letter law it's there's no going back on it it's decided it it has been made so it was a very interesting class. Lots and lots of information that I didn't know about. I, you know, I'm talking like day one. I had this notepad, bigger than a legal size notepad too, bigger than an eight by eight and a half by eleven or, or whatever the the legal size um, is. It was one of those longer notepads. Day one, Monday, the introductory day. I had more than four pages of handwritten notes, plus writing in the manuals, which they bought for us, uh, plus highlighting things in the manual, plus highlighting things in my notes. Like, it was insanity how much I took in over the course of this last week, to the degree that I emailed both the instructors of the class just thanking them. Thanking them for doing what is their job, I'm sure, what they view as just doing their job, but they're passionate about what they do, too. And uh, because of it, you're going you're gonna to hear a lot of changes in this very program, including the fact that I'm, I'm not talking about, I'm not ever going to talk about my employer anymore. I'm not going to talk about my employer anymore. I'm not going to talk about what I do. Um, because of the nature of the work, the scope of the work, and also <laughs> what I've learned is my rights. And where I'm a lot, where there's some fine lines where I don't have certain rights and protections, and I do have certain rights and protections. So there's going to be some things changing on the Fritz cast, okay? To to play a little game I like to call of covering my own ass. So so there's that, but there's also just the fact that it's opened up so much understanding of law, legality, and and court decisions that I've never. Had access. I've never had at my fingertips to divulge when I talk about politics and this stuff, and I, I, I'm thoroughly convinced it's going to make the show a lot more interesting. And to think that's something that that my work sent me to, um, for in, for in, for to to learn things about investigations and stuff, and I'm applying it both inside and outside of my official job duties. It's crazy crazy that I get to do that. Now, because of that, though, 
uh, I'm not going to lie, I didn't have that much exposure to what's going on in the news because when, when I work on an 8-4 to four basis, it takes away a lot. Like, when I work 12 to 8, I get off of work, I come home, it takes me about an hour, maybe, sometimes, to decompress, and that's time that I catch up on what happened in the day prior, and then I wake up at, you know, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I can start barreling through things that have already happened, and I can I can read, I can research, I can listen to podcasts, um, among other things. In fact, I, I learned of a great podcast and book from this class. I want you guys to mark this down now. Get, get a pen, paper, text yourself, email yourself, I don't know, whatever you're going to do. The Privacy, Security, and OSINT Show. Privacy, security, and O-S-I-N-T show. Fantastic content regarding privacy, security. Uh, I was just listening to an episode about how to start wiping yourself off of the internet from those sites where you can Google your name and it Throws out there your email address, your phone number, your address, you know, how to get your stuff struck off of the internet. Fascinating podcast. Fascinating podcast. And there's a book by the guy that hosts that podcast. His name is blanking on me for right now. And I'll, I'll probably go back at some point and get it. But he has a, a book, a digital workbook that's free to download. It's like 300, 400 some pages about how to protect your privacy on the internet and in mobile devices and other things. And it's, it's free. It's free. You can download it. It'll teach you the legwork that you got to do to secure your own privacy, which this class enlightened me a lot on constitutional privacy versus privacy that I have in the public domain and, and, and all this stuff. So I highly recommend Checking that out. I listened to that podcast. Nick Gillespie of um, Reason Magazine had a great podcast with Jonah Goldberg and and subsequently Jonah Goldberg. Nick Gillespie had the interview series um, with Jonah Goldberg. It was about an hour long. And then Jonah Goldberg had Nick Gillespie on his show, The Remnant, which I had never listened to before listening to Jonah Goldberg's interview with Nick Gillespie. had a whole another hour with Nick Gillespie. Fascinating content within that two hours. Fascinating podcast discovery for me. So I'm definitely, I'm telling you, I'm passing this along. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Um, but like you know, with, with things like with like the the Trump Supreme Court, not not Supreme, not Trump Supreme Court. What the hell am I talking about? What the hell am I talking about? The Trump impeachment inquiries and all that. Um, you know, I haven't I haven't followed along. I haven't followed along, and part of it is because I don't care. I think I've explained that to you guys. I don't care. Who really cares about the whole... Trump has committed impeachable offenses. People are still pissing over themselves over whether or not he committed impeachable offenses. He has. The last, like, 14 presidents have, probably. You know, that's that's the case. The president has committed acts which could warrant impeachment. 
Did I say treason anywhere there? I hope I didn't say tree. I don't know. I'm not going to go back and listen. I don't care. Impeachment. He's he's committed impeachable acts. Or at least ones that could be considered for impeachment. That's the, that's a little confusing because people associate impeachment with removal and all that jazz. And the, the reason why I haven't cared is um, because I believe... And I've steadily believed for the past, you know, two months or three months, however long this has been going on, the entire Trump presidency. I've believed that this goes to the Senate, the Senate's Republican controlled, and nothing's going to happen. And that's the long and the short of it. Unless something truly egregious pops out um, that turns all the Republicans on on Donald Trump, which would probably be a, a, a death sentence for them. It would be committing suicide for them, I, w- I would assume, in the general election. But um, one of the latest revelations is a, is a Democratic senator, Chris Murphy, has stated um, that he's spoken with a handful of Republican colleagues who would consider voting to remove President Trump after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the House will move to impeach him. Uh, so Nancy Pelosi, so Nancy Pelosi, okay, there you go. There's your bombshell revelation. Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi has um, <clears throat> stated that the House will move to impeach him. Big whoop, you saw that coming. You knew that was coming. So if it goes to the Senate, do they have enough to remove him from office? I still don't see that um, at all. But this is Chris Murphy's comments on Morning Joe. Quick final question, different topic. Have you spoken to a single Republican colleague in the Senate who's even considering voting for impeachment? Yes. You have? Yes. Okay. Would you like to name him? No. Or? How many? How, no. many? How many? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small list on one, on one hand. Right. So and, and by the way, I don't buy this secret ballot thing. Like, I mean, if there was a secret ballot, there'd still be only a handful of them that would vote to impeach so this think, guy. So you think of the maximum right now that given what we currently know, like maybe five, there's about five Republicans who might vote to remove the president at max. I, right? I think that's probably right. Okay. Well, All right. Okay, Senator Chris Murphy. So, so there you go. Chris Murphy says he knows about a handful of Republicans who would vote to remove Trump. If it even comes to that, Trump can be found guilty and not removed. Happened with Clinton. Um, you know, different situations, different circumstances, yes, but, you know, that's where we stand on that. And I haven't caught up on the latest uh, individual one, John Ziegler, to get his take on this uh, information. And I've got some catching up to do, so I'm going to do that um, over the coming days. But what I do have, before closing out the program, I know it's going to be a little bit shorter on this end of the thing, but what I do have is I have Bernie Sanders here. Bernie uh, was requesting to come on uh, because, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why he was requesting to come on. I mean, he requests to come on anyway, and he gives us updates from the, from the trail. So here we have Bernie Sanders. Bernie, you there? Yes, yes, I'm, uh, I'm here. How are you? I'm just great, Bernie. What brings you on the show today? Well, you know, first and foremost, you know, uh, my friend Kamala Harris, uh, she dropped out of the uh, presidential election. So just to comment a little bit on that and, you know, try to graze her voters over to the over to the burning man. Uh, you know, uh, um, just uh, um, I don't even know how to explain Kamala Harris's campaign. 
I think I do. I think we I think we could just explain it as she was trying to take out Joe Biden and it backfired massively. And then Tulsi Gabbard also eviscerated her. Own. Yes, yes. Uh, but backfired massively because she's not a heavy hitter. I mean, we're going to get Joe Biden. If anybody out there can go toe to toe with Joe Biden, uh, I would I would have to think it's me, um, especially because uh, I've had a heart attack and I kicked its ass. So. Whoa. What has Joe Biden done? Well, I mean, you know, Joe, Joe Biden has. Uh, well, he challenged that one dude to a push-up contest. I don't. I'm not. I'm not so. I'm not certain. I would bank money on you in the push-up contest against Joe Biden. I'm not. You know, but I. I. I digress. I don't want to talk about that. Um, Kamala Harris, her dropping out. I, I agree with you. It's not surprising in the least. She ran one of, uh, not the worst presidential campaign, but it was pretty shoddy. And even her own campaign staff was staffers who had left had said that it was uh, chaotic and disorganized and a bunch of other stuff, and she she wasn't fit for, for the position anyway. But uh, it would, what else did you want to... Uh, did you want to talk about anything else? Actually, uh, yeah, I wanted to, you know, it's the holidays, and, uh, you know, I might be Jewish, you know, but... Uh, I figured, you know, it's the holidays, and uh, I wanted to be a little festive, you know? I wanted to, you know, maybe uh, come on the program and uh, you know, do a little uh, musical number of sorts. Uh, are you are you musically inclined? Is there something that I'm not... Uh, is there something that I'm not registering here? What are you talking of about? Of course I'm musically inclined. In fact, you know, uh, I mean, there's not going to be background music or anything, and, and, and to be honest with you... I'm not really uh, a singer, but uh, I had this little auto-tune app, and, uh, you know, I just want to sing a number for you. What kind you know? of, what, what are you going to sing? Well, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 it can speak for itself, but it's a little take on a Christmas, uh, you know, Rankin-Bass classic, you know. Just, uh, you know, just uh, call me Bernie Meister, Meister Burner. Oh, God, no, no so... Uh... That's a take on Burgermeister Meister Burger from a year from Santa Claus is coming to town. Yes, it? yes, exactly. And uh, I have uh, ingeniously rewritten the lyrics to support a cause that I care dear and dear about. Oh, son of a bitch! It's a difficult responsibility that you accept from the Democratic nominee. No, you're not even the Democratic nominee. Let it be known throughout the land from sea to sea. What is this? Some kind of like Everyone king declaration goes thing? goes on Medicare for all except for me. Well, wait, why don't you go on Medicare for all? All private insurance, break them down. Do you think that's a good idea? Let's defeat the orange cloud. All your medical Clever. bills deflated. Really? Though your tax brackets are prorated. Uh, at least you're being honest about You'll it. You'll keep your doctor anyway, because that's how we say it goes. Where did I hear that before? Cast out your doubts of Obamacare that brought us only woes. Well, I would clap, but I'm afraid to. Thank God you used the auto-tune app. I'm not sure it helped you that much, but uh, you know what a rousing, what a rousing rendition. What a what a rousing song. I didn't I had no idea you were a parody. Oh, I'm not done. Uh, what do you mean you're not done? You wrote another verse. Brace yourself. It's a 
difficult responsibility. Oh, here we go. That again. you accept from the Democratic nominee. You're not the Democratic nominee. Well, you know they're all gonna vote for me. Maybe, maybe not. The billionaires will make us all oh, debt free. Yep, the billionaires will do it. Every how? college be tuition free. Really? Wipe away all the debts you see. How are you going to do Don't that? ask me how we pay it. How are you going to pay it's it? It's the billionaires, I'll say oh, it. Jesus. I'm going to pass the Green New Deal and hell no, no nuclear. Nuclear is good. So I'm going to purify the air so we can all breathe clear. Okay. It's a difficult responsibility that yep. you accept from the Democratic yep, nominee. Yep, yep, you will be the nominee, sure. It's exhausting to do all this pandering. You can stop any time. Let's all feel the burn and vote for me. Uh, well, Bernie Sanders, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, and I still might even have more Christmas classics coming, so pay attention. Keep tuning in to FritzCast. Th- thank you for the endorsement, thank you. Um. So, yeah, keep tuning in to FritzCast, and... um. As of right now, we're still hard at work. You know, Todd Hagopian, he has dropped out of the LNC chair race, but he has not dropped out of potentially interviewing on FritzCast. I have him tentatively scheduled, not for next week, but the week following. And maybe I can ask him some questions regarding his LNC dropout, what should be done with the LNC chair, and a little bit about the 2020 election. Who knows? So pay attention. Guys, I love you. Follow me on Twitter at FritzQS, Facebook.com slash TheFritzCast, fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com if you need to get a hold of me check out my friends brian nichols of the brian nichols show check out uh individual one podcast by john ziegler check out the reason podcast with nick gillespie the reason interview series they broke down reason used to just do one podcast they broke it down into multi layers of podcasts now so there's lots of them and then check out the remnant by jonah goldberg just for shits and giggles all right and then the uh, privacy security and os int show check those out uh because they've been great on content um and until next time remember i love you guys and i'll see you or you'll hear from me next week do you guys uh think that i should go on tour with uh the singing like on the campaign trail like at my rallies like just you know rouse the crowd with uh, some christmas classics about Medicare for All and getting the billionaires to pay for stuff? Let me know. You know where to find me.